Hello, Bettys. Welcome to the show. Before we get to our guest today, I just wanted to let you know that we have such an epic list of guests coming up in March. We are talking about menopause. We're talking about autoimmunity. We're talking about muscle building. We're talking about recovery practices. And I don't want you to miss any of it. Even if you are listening to the podcast, you may not necessarily be subscribed. So you're going to have to manually go into your podcast app and press play. I would love for you to hit that subscribe button so that you are getting the podcast as they are released. It's going to make me oh so happy to know that you are a subscriber of the pod. You are officially a Betty in the Bettyverse. And of course, you are never going to miss an episode and be the first to know when it drops. Thank you so much. Hey, Betties. Welcome to the Better Podcast. It's your host, Dr. Stephanie. It is geeky magic time where I step away from the interviews and just talk to you. It's just going to be me and you today. And these episodes, I'm going to bring you personal insights, frequently asked questions, topic du jour in a more condensed, quick, and actionable way. I go hard on the geek, wrap it up with sprinkles and magic for you to do and be better. And A is for androgens. So we are going to, on this geeky magic carpet ride today, talk about androgens, specifically when we have too much androgen. I am a huge fan of the BioOptimizers Magnesium Breakthrough. It has seven forms of magnesium, which is going to help to transform your stress and your performance and your recovery and your sleep to the next level. I'm often asked like, well, what are the types of magnesium we should be looking for? So there's magnesium chelate and citrate and bisglycinate and malate, sucrosomial, taurate and orotate. They have various effects on the body. Bisglycinate, probably the most bioavailable and most absorbable. Malate, it's found naturally in fruits, helps with migraines. Chronic pain has been shown to help improve depression. Magnesium citrate uh, helps with arterial stiffness. It helps with maintaining a healthy weight. Magnesium chelate is important for muscle building, recovery, and health, the list goes on and on. You're basically getting them all in one supplement. Each supplement itself is 500 milligrams of magnesium, which I feel is such a great dosage as a great baseline for most women. I have found a beautiful medium of actually cycling my magnesium. So I actually will take one or two of these. So I'm either getting 500 milligrams or up to a gram of magnesium, depending on where I am in my cycle. So head on over to biooptimizers.com forward slash better and use code better for 10% off of any order, but make sure that the magnesium breakthrough is in your cart. Don't be fooled by the frigid temperatures. Keeping hydrated in the wintertime is super important. In colder temperatures, we sweat more due to a higher metabolic demand of trying to maintain a core body temperature. We lose more fluids and electrolytes through our urine. We lose more water through respiration and just general breathing. And our skin dries out in the wintertime as well. We are a ski family, and over this winter, we have been using Elementee's Chocolate Medley. The chocolate chai is absolutely incredible with some boiling water, a splash of milk. And my kids love the chocolate mint with some hot water. This is our apres-ski. We cozy up with Element Hot After Hours on our cross-country trails. Now, for a limited time, you too can get the Element Tea Chocolate Medley and enjoy them hot as I have been doing with this exclusive insider bundle for you. When you buy three boxes of any flavor, it doesn't have to be the chocolate, it can be any of the flavors that they offer, you are going to get the fourth box 
free. If you head over to drinkelement.com forward slash Dr. Estima, you'll see that exclusive offer at the bottom of the page. That's D-R-I-N-K-L-M-N-T.com forward slash D-R-E-S-T-I-M-A. And tell me which of the chocolate, Melody, you love the best. So androgens um, are the very commonly when we associate androgens, we're talking about testosterones. And when we are talking about excess testosterones, excess androgens, the specifically with women, we are also considering polycystic ovarian syndrome. So let's talk a little bit about some of the signs and symptoms that you may have elevated androgens. Um, first, you know, always testing is always going to give us the you know the definitive answer, but there's also a lot of uh, clinical uh, evidence or in your everyday life that you may be able to clue into, hmm, maybe my, is- maybe my uh, issues are coming from excess testosterone. So a couple of things that we see uh, often, uh, it's kind of a combination of genetic and environmental stuff. So with um, a woman with excess androgens, we may find that her menstruation is off. So she may actually be anovulatory for many uh, months. So the the term oligomenorrhea is basically defined as like fewer than nine menstrual periods a year when really you should be having uh, 12 or 13. Uh, Amenorrhea, of course, is no menstrual periods for three or more consecutive months. Um, And then so the, this is one of the biggest signs. If you're not getting your period every, call it 26 to 33 days, if it's longer than that, uh, you may have what I just mentioned, that oligomenorrhea, which is fewer than nine uh, periods per year. And then we're also going to see other things like PCOS and excess androgens have their, they have like their hands in a lot of different piles. So one of the things that I often see is metabolic syndrome. So there's this tendency towards um, obesity, uh, other symptoms that are associated with insulin resistance. And uh, even when you, when you dig a little bit deeper, you'll also see elevated levels of homocysteine, uh, homocysteine in the, um, uh, in women with PCOS or excess androgens versus the population at large. Uh, other things we may see, um, like I mentioned, obesity. So that's really defined with like a body mass index, although I don't love that because you can be super muscular and have a, a lot of lean muscle mass. And, you know, the BMI. Um, rating is somewhat outdated. I much prefer a waist to hip ratio for defining whether or not someone has central obesity or not. Um, and so that, those are some, some of the things. Uh, some of the other like more severe symptoms uh, with excess androgens is you may see a essentially a female female's body acting like a male. So you're going to have that weight gain through the abdomen. You may see excess hair uh, on the face. So in the chin and in the cheek area, even on the back, you may see patches of hair on the back or on the chest. Um, And then you may see male pattern balding. uh, So losing hair or thinning hair in and around the temples of uh, of your scalp. So those are some of the kind of clues that you may be dealing with excess 
androgens. Now, of course, there is, like I said before, there's a genetic component to it. So when we are looking at testosterones or where androgens even come from, of course, it starts all in the mitochondria. We have cholesterol and cholesterol is then um, uh, made into progesterones, uh, which is made into uh, pregnenolone and either DHA or androstenedione. So androstenedione uh, it moves towards testosterone, DHA will go towards uh, androstenediol. And then once we have the T, once we have testosterone, it is either, there's a couple of different ways it can go. It can be aromatized into estrogen or pr primarily estradiol. And we talked about this last week on E is for estrogen. So if you want to go back and learn all about estrogen metabolism, that's there for you. And then testosterone can also be through um, a few uh, uh, different genes can also turn into dihydrotestosterone, so or DHT for short. And DHT is the you know super testosterone, right? So this is the testosterone that causes. Uh, male pattern balding. It's the DHT, uh, where we see um, has a deleterious effect on the hair follicle in men. And like I mentioned before, if you are noticing thinning in your hair, your temples area, or maybe if you even have like a bit of a thinner patch towards the back of your head, that may be an indication that your testosterone or the gene that switches testosterone to DHT, which is SRD5A2. <laughs> it's like all these like different letters. It's like alphabet soup, but SRD5A2. That is the gene that switches testosterone to super testosterone or DHT. So when we talk about genetic and epigenetic factors, I am always of the opinion that while you may have a genetic predisposition to having excess androgens. It's, you know, and I forget who said this, but it's like genetics loads the gun, but epigenetics pulls the trigger. So you may have a propensity towards this super testosterone, thereby giving rise to some of the symptoms that I mentioned, but that doesn't mean that you are doomed, that you are going to be rendered infertile and that you are going to be obese and not able to have children. There are many epigenetic or much a lot of lifestyle interventions that we can do to help you improve your testosterone metabolism. So to have an appropriate amount of aromatization, uh, and that is just to say testosterone switching into estrogens, and to not have the testosterone having some of these deleterious effects on your female body. And of course, I'm saying female and male. I'm talking about this with the utmost sensitivity, right? So just as a point of clarification, I'm talking about sex here, not gender. So this is a female uh, who is converting her tea to super tea or potentially she has sluggish um, aromatization. Why can't I say that word now? Okay. So <laughs> let's talk about some solutions. So first and foremost, if you uh, are someone who is suspecting that you may have high T, I would recommend getting the Dutch test to definitively rule out yes or no. And what you're going to see on the Dutch is you are going to see a preference in your testosterone metabolism towards something called 5A reductase activity. So this is really going to tell us how potent the testosterone are going to be. Now, of course, for uh, to, in order to be eligible for this diagnosis, there are a couple of different things. So first, um, you need to have those clinical signs of androgen excess that we were, that we were talking about. Um, 
polycystic ovaries, right? If we're talking about PCOS as a diagnosis, uh, that is going to be facilitated through an ultrasound and you want to look for the pearl sign. So this is basically uh, when you ultrasound the um, the ovaries, you're going to see all these little cysts that are on the, and it almost looks like a pearl necklace. Like there's all these little bubbles uh, on there. And then you also need uh, to have or to show evidence of like an ovulation or um, a legal ovulation, right? So those like, you're not having a menstrual period every 28 or so days. So these are consistent with the NIH, uh, the Rotterdam criteria, the androgen excess uh, PCOS society. So you need to be able to demonstrate both clinically, like the patient needs to be complaining of these things, but you also need to see this physiologically. So on ultrasound, looking for that pearl sign that I mentioned. Now, if this is so, you've done the Dutch test. Uh, you've had you've you've met all these criteria for the androgen excess and PCOS society for the Rotterdam uh, criteria. What can you do? Couple of things. First and foremost, we want to women who display this central obesity or this metabolic type syndrome. We tend to see deranged insulin sensitivity, meaning that you are much more insulin in. Sensitive. So, one of the first things that we want to do is to start improving your insulin sensitivity. So, there's a couple of reasons for this. One is as your insulin levels lower, something called your sex hormone binding globulin or SHBG, sex hormone binding globulin, as your insulin levels lower, your SHBG is going to elevate. So, they have like a reverse. Um, they are inversely related to each other. So as insulin goes up, SHBG goes down. As insulin goes down, SHBG goes up. And as we are improving your insulin sensitivity, sex hormone binding globulin is actually going to be able to bind more of your testosterones to be able to bring them to the place that they are supposed to go. So SHBG, we find this in the plasma. And it's I always, I always talk about this like... Um, uh, if you are a woman and who, who's ever been to New York City before, you know that you can do quite a bit of damage on your credit card um, when you're shopping there. So if you think about, like if you are, let's say in Soho, and you in this example is testosterone. So you are in Soho, testosterone's in Soho, and you have, a, you have an appointment on the Upper East Side. You know, one of the easiest ways to get there would be to take a cab, right? So, uh, and in this case, the cab is SHBG. So you're going to jump in the cab, you're going to be bound to the cab, right? So testosterone is bound to SHBG. And then the cab is going to take you directly to where you tell the driver to go, right? So you are basically going where you are supposed to exert your effects in this, if you are testosterone, right? I am incredibly bullish on sauna as a therapy for recovery, heart health, and overall aging well. I personally decided on an infrared sauna from Sunlighten because of the range of far wavelengths and near infrared wavelengths that it offers. Saunas help with detoxification and rejuvenation to rid your body of toxins. It helps with heart health by improving circulation, reducing blood pressure, and helping keep the arteries supple. It helps with muscle recovery by easing the tension and soreness to recover faster. And of course, stress reduction with the warmth and the relaxation of sitting in a sauna. It's crucial for hormonal balance and achieving a state of well-being necessary for a strong physique and a strong mind. If you visit sunlighten.com slash better and use code better to get a discount. That is sunlighten, S-U-N-L-I-G-H-T-E-N.com slash B-E-T-T-E-R and use code better 
at checkout. However, if you're like, oh, I'll just kind of mosey my way up there and you sort of stop at every shop that looks interesting and you kind of go in, you buy a little thing and then you go, you go up a little bit more and then you buy another thing. This is akin to testosterone uh, you know, running wild, right? So this is where testosterone now, if it is not bound to SHBG, if it's not in the cab, it's going to be able to exert its effects on all the different shops or in, in, you know, in your body, it'll be all on your cells, uh, in all your cells and your tissues and your organs, uh, that is going to, um, you're going to be overexposed to testosterone. And we all know if you've ever been to New York City and you get your credit card bill, you're like, man, I was overexposed (laughs) or I overexposed myself to the glory that is New York. So that's how I want you to think about SHBG. So as we improve your insulin sensitivity, your SHBG is is going to... um, improve as well. And it's going to bind up some of the free testosterone uh, or some of the excess testosterone that you have. So how do we... I mean, the next logical question, of course, Betty's, is how do we improve our insulin sensitivity? Well, there's a couple of ways. One is by lowering your carbohydrates. So one of the... there's two, And there's two ways to do that. One is completely restricting that macronutrient otherwise known as a ketogenic diet. And we talk a lot about this in the Estima diet. Um, and for those of you that have ever uh, never heard about me talk about the Estima diet, that is a nutrition program that I run where the first you know, 28 days or so is metabolic. Like we are going for nutritional ketosis in those 28 days. So we restrict your carbohydrates for about a month. And then after that, we start to cycle up and down your carbohydrates and your proteins just based on your menstrual cycle. But that first half or that first part of the Estima diet, that restriction of that entire macronutrient group, the carbohydrates, are going to be incredibly useful for you in lowering your insulin response because carbohydrates, once they are broken down, they are broken down into glucose and glucose is the constituent that raises insulin in the body. Another way that you can lower your insulin is by fasting. So there's many different ways to fast. And I cu- I've covered this in uh, earlier AMAs. I would actually go to the first AMA where we talked about fasting. Uh, there's many other AMAs where I talk about the different types of fasting. And I think there's a geeky magic on fasting as well. So fasting, it can take many different shapes and forms. The easiest thing for most women to do is a daily fast. So to rest- or what I would call time-restricted eating, and I don't just call that, that's uh, Dr. Sastian Penn does work on on TRE or time-restricted eating, where you're still eating every single day, but you're just condensing the hours in which you do so. You're not changing what you eat, but you're changing when you eat and allowing uh, most uh, you know optimal levels for someone with excess androgens is to move towards someone who is able to fast for about 16 hours uh, a day and then she is eating for eight hours and the nice thing is those 16 hours like half of it happens overnight uh, if you're sleeping eight hours so fasting is really wonderful the ketogenic diet is really wonderful another way that you can improve your insulin sensitivity is lifting weights. And if you've known me for more than a minute, I am a huge fan of resistance training, not just because it makes you feel strong and powerful and like Captain Marvel or Wonder Woman, but because it allows you to become a better glucose disposal agent. And what I mean by that is the more lean muscle mass that you have, the better 
at disposing excess glucose in if you've had you know a bigger carbohydrate meal or what have you and you have you have blood glucose is elevated the more muscle mass that you have your muscles will soak that up because your muscles are functional active tissues so they are going to generally increase your metabolic your basal metabolic rate but they also allow you to have more carbohydrates in general because you are you know your muscles will soak up those extra uh, carbs or that extra glucose in the system so lifting weights lowering your carbohydrates um, another thing that I like to do is um, is supplementation so most women that I work with that have excess um, andronicity typically I will put them on a supplement called berberine and I'll put the link in the show notes for the for the one that I that I typically dispense but 1500 um, milligrams in three divided doses through the day. And ideally, you would take the berberine uh, 20 to 30 minutes prior to your first uh, sorry, prior to your meal so that you have the berberine in the system and berberine is going to help again dispose of the blood glucose. And it has been shown to be analogous to metformin, which is a, uh, a medication that's been used for, oh gosh, decades, decades, decades now um, for... Um, uh, for I mean, a lot of... This is sort of like in the biohacking community now, you see people taking metformin uh, as a, you know... A, an attempted method for increasing longevity and increasing lifespan. Um, I have thoughts on metformin. I'm not a super huge um, fan of it, um, mainly because it is uh, obviously it's toxic to the mitochondria and uh, blocks all types of inflammation. So, you know, when you think about a hormetic stress, when you think about um, something like exercise, um, exercise transiently is pro-inflammatory. Um, so when you take metformin, especially when you time it, like chronologically when your metformin is taken too close to exercise, you can actually blunt some of the hormetic stress benefits of engaging in um, whether it's resistance training or uh, cardiovascular work. So I always love natural compounds. Uh, I will always choose those over uh, medical ones. And berberine is relatively analogous to uh, metformin. So 1500 uh, milligrams thrice daily, twenty to thirty minutes before a meal, um, and that's that would be also that would be also my recommendation for someone not only with excess androgens but anyone that has sort of metabolic issues, right? If you know that you have been like a carb lover for many many years, you are now starting to see some of the effects of that. So you're maybe you are um, pre diabetic, your HbA one C levels are you know five point one. Um, or higher, uh, which in my uh, like five point one, I think maps out to like a hundred um, uh, in terms of blood glucose, and that's like just too far too high for me. So, uh, if you're if you're starting to see that you are falling into that pre diabetic category, maybe you have already been diagnosed with type two diabetes. Uh, berberine is something that I'd like to see as a as an adjunct for um, for therapy there, and then I also like omega threes because. Most, I mean, irrespective of androgen status, I often find that when we look at omega three to omega six ratios in modern life, because we eat the vegetable oils and we consume canned foods and we're having the margarines and all that kind of stuff, we tend to have a higher ratio of six to three. And what we really need to have is a higher ratio of three to six. And 
ideally we'd want to see like a one-to-one ratio, right? We'd like to see, uh, pardon me, I said higher three to six. That's incorrect. I mean, a one-to-one ratio of threes to sixes. When there's been current, like there's been some estimates around the ratio of omega sixes to omega threes, and it's like something like 15x, 20x the amount of omega sixes that we're consuming relative to omega threes. So an omega-3 would be something that I would add just as a foundational basic, but as a way to reduce inflammation. And then with a lens, you know, it's not necessarily the case that all women with excess androgens are obese, um, but it, it happens often enough that there is a lens towards reducing excess adipose tissue. And the problem with excess fat tissue is that you are going to... One of the things that... Um, uh, you're going to get here is adipose tissue uh, will help uh, aromatize the testosterones to estradiol or to or to um, E2. So not only are you going to have if you are someone with excess androgens, if you was, if you have extra weight on you, you're going to have these extra test- extra testosterones kind of running amok. But then you're also going to have high estrogen, which is going to inhibit your follicular stimulating hormone and your FSH or follicular stimulating hormone, uh, this, if you don't have enough of it, you're going to have this, um, so-called like follicular arrest. Like there's not going to be that one follicle that develops in the course of that month and matures the egg within her. So it's really important for women to make sure that they are of a healthy weight. That doesn't mean that you need to be skinny. It means that you need to, and this is not, and I, I, I feel like I have to add in this like caveat because it is very important that we are not, this is not body shaming. This is not, I don't want people to feel like this is a personal attack, but if you have excess um, adiposity, you are making the problem physiologically is going to be worse. So the resistance training and the ketogenic diet and the fasting are all going to help with that. The berberine, the omega-3s, those are all going to help move you towards more anti, more of an anti-inflammatory constitution and it's going to help improve your body composition and your insulin response, your insulin sensitivity. So I hope that this has been useful for you. Um, I wanted to talk about androgens because this is by far the most common hormonal derangement um, in women. It affects approximately 20% of women between the age of 18 and uh, 44. So it's really, and it takes a long time for the diagnosis. So um, we want to make sure that you are, as a woman, you can understand some of the signs and symptoms clinically. Like you can say, oh yeah, like I kind of, I do get like a lot of hair on my chin or I am gaining a lot of weight through my belly or it's really hard for me to lose weight or I do feel quite depressed or you know, I don't have a regular menstrual cycle. These are some of the um, these are some of the things that I want you to be on the lookout for. And then, hopefully, some of these solutions that I have provided for you uh, are also going to be helpful in your quest for better hormonal balance. So you can check out um, my online program, estimadiet.com. It'll be in the show notes for sure for you. And I'll also pop in the berberine supplement that I love, as well as a link to some of the older. Uh, but not you know older episodes, but they're um, on fasting, and um, uh, hopefully that'll be of use for you as well, Betty. Okay, so we've done E for estrogen, we've done A for androgens. We are going to talk about cortisol uh, in the next part of this series because cortisol, like many women, 
uh, of years past have been misunderstood, vilified, and lynched. And uh, we're going to set the record straight with that hormone on our next Geeky Magic together. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. For those of you who want to continue on this week's Geeky Magic Carpet Ride with me, visit bettershow.co forward slash show notes. You'll find research, links, summary notes, musings that I prepared in preparation for the podcast. And I often throw in some of my best practices, bonuses, and links. All the juicy bits are in there for you. And now for the obligatory legal and medical disclaimer. This podcast is for general information only, and the advice recommendations we discuss do not replace medicine, chiropractic, or any other primary healthcare provider's advice, treatment, or care. In the consumption of this podcast, there is no doctor-patient relationship formed, and the use and implementation of the information discussed are at the sole discretion of the listener. The information and opinions shared on this podcast are not intended to be a substitute for primary care, diagnosis, or treatment. This episode is brought to you by yours truly, Dr. Stephanie Estima and Leverage. Leverage handles all production, creates the images that you see on my social media, and takes out all my awkward pauses. They are my secret magic bullet. You can visit them at getleverage.com forward slash better.